Yes, yes, I will. Will you? Will you praise him? In the midst of hardship? In the midst of pain? In the midst of confusion? In the face of death? Will we praise him? You know, the Bible says, if we're ashamed of him on the day of redemption, he'll be ashamed of us. I'm not ashamed of him. No, we have nothing to be ashamed of. He's given us new life. Come on, I feel like we, let's give God a clap offering right now. Come on, everything you got. You know, I just have so much joy in my heart. I feel like a schoolboy again. Okay, I'm just kidding, not that, not that much. But it, you know what excites me is to see people when they are thriving, see people when they're running in their lane. I love our student ministry here at The Gathering. It's so awesome. You know, I was with our, with our teenagers on Wednesday night, and, uh, and Gavin, isn't it just cool to see Gavin stepping out in that gift? Isn't that awesome? And you know, the funny thing is, people don't know this, but just, just a few weeks back, you know, we were setting up on a Sunday morning really early, and I heard this humming, and I was like, what the? Turn, and it was Gavin. I'm like, dude, do you sing? He's like, no, no, dude, I don't, I don't sing. So I was like, um, I think I just heard you singing. It sounded like singing to me. And, and just weeks later, he's stepping into it, you know, but he had to take that step. He had to step out. I mean, we know the kid's is gifted. It's ridiculous. He's got more talent in his pinky toe than, than uh, well, you get my point. But I just love to see that, you know. And then last week, I mixed it up with one of the other teenagers. I uh, evidently hit my daughter with a dodgeball in the back room. I'm not supposed to be throwing the dodgeballs in the back room. I was in the wrong place at the wrong time. My little, little girl, 10-year-old girl, got hit in the back. She was fine. She didn't even cry. Old man taught her that. And so anyways, the guardian of this teenage boy sent him to come and apologize. And he was authentic. He said, Mr. Earl, okay, check this out. This kid is like 6'4". He's in high school. He's taller than me. His hands are like here. Here's my hands. My hands are okay. They're not that big, but they're big. Here, he's like, Mr. Earl, I really want to apologize. I hit your daughter square in the back with a dodgeball, and I really didn't mean to do it. I'm sorry. And I'm looking up at him. I'm like, hey, man, it's okay. It happens. You know, we, I remember when I was your age, I did something just like it. And uh, it was a little bit scary uh, getting a handshake from that young man. They don't grow them like they used to. I'll tell you that much. Big and strong and, you know, big and strong. You go to the gym, right? How many of you go to Mountainside? Hold on. Can someone do a cricket effect right now? It really would help. <laughs> okay, how, how about... Uh, EOS. Oh, this is a man. So I switched over to, from Mountainside Fitness to EOS. I was there for about five years at Mountainside. And you know what I found out? It doesn't matter what gym you're in, you're always going to find the meatheads. Okay, can we give this man another steroid? Please. No, I'm just kidding. But I, I mean, here I am. I'm trying to get my burn, you know, my, my pastoral burn. Okay. And I'm doing my thing. And then here comes, I call it invisible lat syndrome, okay? And then, inevitably, I get this. And I don't know, what, what, what is it? I, I look like a pretty nice guy, right? I'm, I'm like always his target for the media. It's weird. One time I even said, hey, how you doing? And he goes like this. 
okay? I promise if you got to know me, it's not that bad. I'm a pretty nice guy, don't you think? Well, welcome. I love about this church, I'll tell you, one of the things I love is that we're multi-generational. You know, that's really a sign of a, of a healthy church. Not the only indication, but that's, that's one. And I love that about our church. You know, we goofing off, you know, having fun, talking about big, strong guys or whatever, power. And, you know, but I want to talk about a different kind of power today. I want to talk about the power of the word of God. That's some real power, folks. And you don't need whey protein or bro gains. <laughs> Talking about the power of the word of God, I think so often we lose sight of how powerful God's word really is. Paul said, the apostle, in Romans chapter 1, verse 16, he said, I am not ashamed. There we are again. I am not ashamed of the gospel, for it is the power of God unto salvation. Okay, it results in eternal life. It's that kind of power. And that power is activated through faith. Okay, the measure of faith that each of us have been given. Okay, the Bible says we've each been given a measure of faith. That measure is strengthened and developed by the chase, by our pursuit of God. That is how our faith is quickened, as it is said, or our faith increases by going after God, by getting to know Jesus more, knowing who he is, knowing the nature of God, knowing that he will never leave us, he will never forsake us. That, that causes faith, just hearing those words that brings faith, doesn't it? The Lord said in Jeremiah 29, 13, you will seek me and find me when you seek me with all of your heart. God is not some earthly treasure. And sometimes we approach him that way. We really do, you know. And then when we're not seeking him, we have all the excuses in the world, okay? Why we don't pray. Why we're not consistent with reading our Bibles. Why we are not striving and even sacrificing at times to make sure we're surrounding ourselves with people who are also going after God. You know, Phil. Phil, just yesterday. Phil, you in here? I know he's in here. I saw him earlier. It's, I mean, what, what a testimony this was to me yesterday. We're at men's group on a Saturday morning, 9 a.m. He'd been working at home, fell asleep on his couch, I think it was. And the guy rolls off his couch because he knows what time it is. It's time for men's group on a Saturday morning. Jumps on his motorcycle, swings over to the office space, and there he is. And he says, you know, he was, wasn't, he, was, he was who he was. He was there. But he understands the importance of fellowship, these things, fellowship, prayer, going to church. You know, we have all the excuses why we don't do these things. And guess what? We're the ones that feel it. We're the ones who feel disconnected. We're the ones who have this sense of unworthiness. This sense of unworthiness that honestly is not from the heart of God. You know, and we'll even get to the point of feeling completely purposeless. And that's terrible because God created each of us with purpose. But we need to run to him. Not to the world. Not even to another person. He's beckoning us with open arms. I want you to picture the Father standing with open arms. Drawing our hearts to him. Calling us to come to him. Calling us to come and to live in this relationship with him. To walk closely with him. I want to talk to you about walking closely with him. You know, my daughter, Caitlin, she's playing we 
You know, you ever play Wii before? She's having fun doing that. And she's not even paying attention to me, okay? She's 10 years old. She's just in her own world, okay? And she's kind of a space cadet like me. She also gets that from me. And so she's playing and she's like this. She's just got her eyes. And I, I was looking over. I just happened to be looking over at her. And she says, I got that feeling again. You know the one where it feels like the Holy Spirit's sitting right next to you? Right? She's like, it started back at the funeral. And I'm like, okay. Okay. <laughs> you know what I mean? I was like, oh, and I just watched her. And there was this intensity about her. There was this connection that she was genuinely feeling in that moment. Now, the funeral, she basically had shared a word at a funeral in front of a lot of people that she didn't even know personally, but God told her to do it because she had that connection with the Holy Spirit in the moment. She felt God speaking to her. In fact, my wife tried to take the mic from her and she said, no, mom, I have something to say. I mean, real direct. And if you know my daughter, for her, it's not in her nature to talk like that, but there it is, the Holy Spirit the feeling of him being right next to us. And the reality is, he is right next to us. He is with us everywhere we go. You know, and I'm mindful of the, of the gifts and how we need to steward them well, how there has to be order when there's gifts of the Spirit being used, even in the church. You know, it has to be rooted and established in the Bible. But when that's done, when we see that happen, we see power that happens when it's grounded in God's word because there's power in God's word. I am going to speak God's powerful word for all of our ears to hear right now. Okay. Now, as I speak this word, I just want you to connect with God right now. Okay. And maybe close your eyes. Maybe, maybe not. Allow the Holy Spirit to align himself with you. Allow him to align your spirit with his spirit because this is where the power comes in. Keep your servant also from willful sins. May they not rule over me. Then I will be blameless, innocent of great transgression. May these words of my mouth and this meditation of my heart be pleasing in your sight. Lord, my rock and my redeemer. And there it is, Psalm 19, verses 13 and 14. Keep your servant from willful sins. May they not rule over me. Then I will be blameless, innocent of great transgression. You know what that verse tells me when he says great transgression? That there's a difference between stumbling and bumping your head and living in deliberate sin. Anybody hear me in that place? Big difference between the two. I mean, we got the pothole which we all run into in life, some of us with our cars. And we've got the sewer gully, okay? And that sewer gully can be a place where we can live, right? Big difference between the two. David said, keep me from intentionally turning away from you. And you know what? Sometimes we do that. We intentionally turn away from God. And it could be because there's a lack of accountability in our lives. You know, maybe we're not letting the people that are chasing God pour into us. But whatever the reason is, whenever we willfully choose to live a sinful lifestyle, which is against what God has commanded, that's a big deal. We know that. The Bible says in Hebrews chapter 4, beginning in verse 12, 
talks about the power of God's word, where we're going here. For the word of God is living and active, sharper than any what? Two-edged sword. It penetrates even to dividing soul and spirit, joints and marrow. It judges the thoughts and attitudes of the heart. Another translation says thoughts and intentions of the heart. This says that we are accountable for what we know. It's kind of like being in the mafia. (laughs) (laughs) Willful sins. Okay, on to the second verse here. That was verse 13. Verse 14, may these words of my mouth and this meditation of my heart be pleasing in your sight, Lord, my rock and my redeemer. Let's take a look deeper in this passage. If you've got your smartphones or your Bibles, this is our text. Psalm 19, verses 13 and 14. As we look deeper into this, we see three ideas that emerge. Actions, words, and meditations. Okay, meditations result in words. We know that, right? It has an effect on what we say. And then words result in actions. So usually the way it goes is we're thinking about it before we're talking about it, and then before you know it, we're doing it, and then eventually it becomes who we are. It actually defines us, which is our identity. And it's a definite progression we see in this prayer of David. You know, and this is a beautiful psalm. When you look at Psalm 19, you know, David goes on and on about the heavens declaring the glory of God and how the law of God is, is pure and faultless, perfect. And then there's this cry that comes deep from within David's heart. The cry of, God, keep me on the path, the path that leads to you. First thing we look at is meditations. That's point one. Meditations of the heart. Also, thoughts of the mind. They truly are one and the same. Watch this. Holes are perfect for holding water, man. Man, I don't really know about having a girl on the team, man. (laughs) All right, Rico, listen. Um, There's an ancient Italian maxim uh, that roughly translates to... uh, He who is resistant to change is destined to perish. So why don't you try to open up that mind of yours? You know, it's like, look at Kevin. I mean, he's real mature, man. Yeah, don't you ever tell me how to live my life again. (laughs) So what did he say to him? He said, why don't you try to open up your mind there a little bit, you know? He turns the hose on him. What did he say? Don't ever tell me how to live my life again. How many of us have ever said that out loud to someone else? Oh, my word. We're all lying in church. (laughs) That's messed up, man. Well, I'll tell you, we've at least thought it. That's for sure. And, you know, with him, there was a pattern of thinking or meditation that kind of brought him to that worldview of no girls are allowed, you know. And we all do that. We do the same thing. We think about something over and over again, you know, and eventually we become consumed with it. And it begins to shape who we are. Our identity. Now, here's an example. <laughs> this is kind of a, I hate this when the Holy Spirit gives me things that make things a little bit awkward, you know, but we got to go there, man. That's how we change, right? That resistance is what brings change. Just ask, uh, you know, ask bro man in the gym. Resistance, you know, it does it. But listen to this, okay? We have all been called out or someone else has called us out in life. And it looks something like this. 
Okay, you can, it's pretty clear who's getting called out there, okay, and who's annoyed by the other person. And I'll tell you what, we need that. And sometimes we need to be that to other people, call them out. And you know, when you get called out, have you been called out and it's really clear? You're like, okay, you know, I've, I've got some changes to make it. But then you go away and you start to think about it a little bit, okay? Over and over in your head, you start going, wait a second, that's not right. Ooh, why didn't I think of that? I could have said that, right? You start doing that. Start going over and over it in your mind, what it should have been, and we start justifying our behavior. And the truth is, we should have been thinking and meditating on what was probably very clear when we were first confronted about it. Anyone know what I'm talking about? Make any sense? What we need to be doing is making our thought life and the meditations of our hearts pleasing to God, just like David said in Psalm 19. And how do we do that? Right? Sounds good, but how, how is that accomplished? We do that by loving God. God, even with our minds. Come on now, right? That will preach all day long. We are loving God, even with our minds. Jesus said in John 14, verse 15, if you love me, obey my commandments. And for us to keep his commandments, okay, and for us to live like Jesus all the time, that's impossible. It's impossible. We'll never measure up. All have fallen short of the glory, right? But we're gonna have a lot better chance of succeeding with giving glory to God in our minds if we make up our minds ahead of time. Perfect example of this was Daniel in the Bible, okay? Daniel was under it, man. He had to make a decision, but you know what? He made that decision a long time ago. The Bible says that he resolved or purposed in his heart not to be defiled by the royal food and wine. He made up his mind ahead of time. Purposed in his heart there's such a strong relationship between the meditations of our heart and the thoughts in our mind, okay? The reality is that the word of God is hidden in our hearts through our minds. I know it's kind of a deep concept, but it really is true. And I'll give you a perfect example of what I'm talking about. I had a friend years back. He had a history of violence and drugs, and God changed his life. And he was in a ministry that helped people, you know, find that same freedom. He constantly had his earphones on and he was listening to the Bible all the time, everywhere he went. And you know what? No one really thought much about it because it just was who he was and what he did. But I asked him one day, I asked him, I said, why, you know, why do you listen to the Bible all the time? He took, I'll never forget it, man. He took his earphones off to answer me, which is really cool, I thought. And he said this. He said, I understand that my mind might gravitate towards sinful thoughts that were in my past. Listen to this. Okay, now like I said, he come from addiction, he come from violence. He said, if my mind is not immersed in God's work, I'm just gonna go back. Whew, man, I got, the Holy Spirit just hit me on that one. Because I, I have a past in drugs and it's so true. So very true. If we let our minds go back, you know, because we are, listen, man, we are fallen. We live in unredeemed bodies, okay? Our propensity, our tendency, our bent is towards sin. David said in Psalm 51, verse 5, he said, Surely I was sinful at birth, sinful from the time my mother conceived me. So what does it look like? What does it look like when our thoughts are pleasing to God? Philippians 4, 8, we know, you know, 
It says true, noble, right, pure, lovely, admirable, excellent, praiseworthy, all these wonderful sounding words, right? They're all the things of God. Minds that are turned towards God. And let me tell you what, oh, this gets me so pumped up. We have promises from God when we keep our minds on him. Great and precious promises of God. Isaiah, listen, Isaiah 26, this is key, guys. You will keep in perfect peace those whose minds are steadfast because they trust in you. The New King James Version says, stayed on you. Those whose minds are stayed on him. Mm. Meditating on God's word. Psalm 1. A person that meditates on God's word is like a tree planted firmly by streams of water which yields its fruit in season and whose leaf does not wither. What a beautiful picture, right? Who wants to be a tree? Right here. When we keep the meditations of our hearts, the thoughts in our minds pointed towards God, we will see blessing and favor from God. There is a place in God where we will find assurance tangible assurance that he is with us when we stay our minds on him. Amen. How many want to know that God is with you? I mean, we know it, but we want to know that we know it, right? Keeping our thoughts, the meditations of our hearts pointed towards God. You will be blessed when you do that. God is faithful, man. His word is true. Whatever we sow, we shall reap. He won't be mocked, amen? Keep our minds on him. We find that peace and so many more blessings. That's just one promise. And when we stay our minds on him, we begin to gain the sensitivity of the Holy Spirit. We begin to know his voice. We begin to walk in step with the Spirit. We're led by the Spirit of God. Anyone ever have someone give you a word in church? Anyone ever have that happen? Well... Anyone relate to that? He's like, I'm, t- I'm really trying here. I, I um, yep, I did have, uh, I do have a mom, yeah. Um, no, it doesn't always work that way. Sometimes we can miss God. And let me t- I'm going to tell you a story about someone who missed God once when they tried to speak to me. And my wife, this was years ago, years and years ago, my daughter, Caitlin, was getting ready to get born. We had a a, a big old German Shepherd Alaska Mal- Malamute uh, dog that we needed, to, we needed to give her away because she's a little skittish and we didn't want her around the baby uh, right after she was born. And so this lady that we ran into was so sure, so sure, that the Holy Spirit has told me that this is my dog. She said, okay, this is what she said. Uh, you know, I just have this complete peace in my life. I'm at her house with a dog. And, you know, I just, God has told me that, that Cheda is going to be my dog, and we're just going to have a great time, aren't we, Cheda? <laughs> I'm not, and my dog, like, you need to know something. My dog never bit anybody, ever, or even growled at anybody. So I was kind of shocked by that. She went to reach down and almost ripped her hand off. Okay, so obviously she missed the spirit on that one. I'm thinking that she did there. So we can... We can miss God. But when we don't, because our minds are stayed on him, we're in step with the spirit, we hear his voice, we know it's him, and then we have the mind of Christ. 1 Corinthians chapter 2, verse 16. For who has known the mind of the Lord that he may instruct, instruct him, but we have the mind of Christ. This is who we are. 
The mind of Christ stepping with the spirit when he steps, unlike the dog whisperer, okay? Get that one out of our heads. Secondly, okay, this is point two, words of my mouth. Words of my mouth, pleasing in your sight, O Lord, my rock and my redeemer. Words are a big deal, man. I'll tell you what, they're a real big deal. Maybe sometimes we are the ones that are with our words emotionally draining someone else. You know, we can do that by projecting our emotions on other people. At times, we don't even realize we're doing it. It's who we are. We, it's become our identity. This is who we are. You know, previously in our relationship series, Love Handles, Pastor John talked about how we curse, rehearse, and then disperse when someone has offended or, or hurt us. But if we do not allow what has happened to us to come on under the power of the finished work of the cross, we are never, ever going to be able to move into what God has next. I mean, think about that. We're holding ourselves back. You know, I've had a, a, a few seasons in my own life, personally, where people have hurt me, people close to me, people that I trusted. And you know what I did? I carried that hurt, and I, I, me, I, allowed it to bring me to the place where it defined me. It began to dominate every conversation I was having. It's like my words were riddled with this bitterness and this hurt and this unforgiveness from my past. And the words that I was using was making it worse. It wasn't making it any better. And I think there's a principle right in, built in there, right there. Okay, God wants us to use words, right? But the words we use, he wants us to be in a better place when we're using them and after we use them. James says that we should be quick to listen, slow to speak, slow to become angry. Lord, may our words be pleasing in your sight, God. That, make that your prayer today. Sometimes words can be the words that we don't say. Here's an example. You're in the workplace, right? We've all been there, and someone starts going in on a dirty joke. Okay, now, there's life talk, guy talk, and then there's the line, okay? And when you cross that line, we all know we're across it. Amen? And so when we're in that situation, you know, we, we may feel uncomfortable and we'll kind of like, <laughs> you know, it might be one of those, or maybe it's like, a, oh, and we're really getting in on it, you know, knee slapper style. And then maybe we call them out. Maybe we're just like, dude, knock it off. Like, seriously, bro. Come on, dude, that's gross. I mean, like, we might do that. Or what would Jesus do? You know? Well, I'll tell you what. If you take that posture, the what would Jesus do posture in that situation, I'm going to tell you, in my opinion, nine times out of ten, it's going to blow up right in your face. Because what we're doing in that situation is unintentionally, okay, using our words and unintentionally telling that person that they're not worth it. You're basically saying that, they didn't, that Jesus didn't die for them. Because is, is Jesus having that heart towards any of us at all? Knock it off, you knucklehead. Give me a porcupine. You know what I mean? The old three stooges. God doesn't do that to us. That is not his heart towards us. And we don't want people to perceive a heart that's that way towards them. Especially when we're trying to reach them for Christ. Mm. So yes, at, there, are, there is a time to keep a tight rein on our tongues, but there is also a time to use words. So every one of us have had somebody in our lives that has just driven us nuts. Raise your hand 
and you've got a second, you got an opportunity to redeem yourself to not lie in church. Okay, every single one of us have had this person. Okay, maybe they take up a lot of your time. Maybe they make you feel awkward. Maybe they cause you stress. Okay, maybe they just do things that flat out scare you. Lady, you're scaring me. You know what I mean? It's possible. Maybe the intensity of your attempt to evade this person on a regular basis looks something like Hopefully, you don't have friends and family that are trying to come after you for your attention like that. Okay, but we do all have those people in our lives. And I'll tell you what, if you ever do have somebody that's coming after you like that, with that kind of uh, tenaciousness and unrelenting behavior, I, as a pastor, as, a, as a, a man of the cloth, I'm giving you permission to run away from that person. I'm serious. Right now. We've all had them. Seriously. <laughs> Okay, now, I love that movie. Love the clip. We all have people like that in our lives. We avoid them. And how do we use our words with those people in our lives? Do we talk about them behind their back? Oh my goodness, Danny is so negative all the time. It's like intolerable. Now, instead of that, why don't we have a conversation? Okay, what did Jesus do when it came to conversations? He faced him head on, man. Get behind me, Satan. Try that one. No, don't try that one. Okay, but you see my point? He was not afraid to have that conversation. And again, it could be as simple as, you know, this person talks too much or, you know, maybe they're, you know, life-sucking. Okay, maybe when they breathe in your general direction, it's, you know, it smells something like cross between an onion patch and Uncle George's shorts. You know, you, it could be anything, any reason. But don't you think just maybe a difficult conversation with that purpose is what is pleasing to God? In the words of our mouth, be pleasing to you, O Lord, rather than talking about that person behind their back, which we've all done, every single one of us have done it at one point or another. Let's show that person some tough love. You know, Jeffrey, I really love what's going on with that suspenders thing you're doing. It's really good. It all works. But uh, golly gee, Jeffrey, I got to tell you, every time you breathe, it, sound, you know, it smells like the backside of a branding barn. You know? <laughs> I keep going in on the bad breath. I'll be honest with you. It's because I've got bad breath. I mean, that's, I'm just kidding. I don't. Pastor Matt doesn't have bad breath. No, but have the tough conversation with them. Okay, take action in that way. I'll tell you what, uh, our last point is actions. 
Okay, and this is the big one, all right? And I'm, I'm wrapping up, but this is, this is the, I really believe there's some takeaway from this right here. Okay, the actions, because this is the essence of our identity. Okay, what we do is who we are. Okay, when you meet somebody, you know, hi, what's your name? My name is Bill. Bill, what do you do? Okay, what we do is our identity, our actions. So we need to be asking ourselves the questions, who am I? Okay, and even more importantly, what am I doing? Am I doing what Jesus would do in this situation? A truly, a WWJD. And he, we know he was the son of God and God himself. We know that he was tempted in every way and yet was without sin. And for us to measure up, like I said earlier, it's just not going to happen. So when we look at our actions, we must understand that what we do will result in who we are. When you wake up in the morning, here's the rubber meets the road. This is it. This really is it. What's the first thing that you do? Is it the phone? Is it that gourmet coffee from Colombia? Mm? Is it the TV or the news? Do you roll out of bed and do you make first tea time and don't even stop to talk to God? How about a prayer of thanksgiving to God while you're still in bed? That bed that he blessed you with. Do we do that? Is that the first thing we do? You know, and, and man, we just need to slow down, don't we? Anyone ever fe feeling that lately? Just slow down. That is taking action, being intentional about what we're doing. Are we going too fast? Do we need to slow down? Are we even listening to the people that are closest to us? These places don't really do it for me. They just bring back a lot of memories. What happened, Harry? Some little filly break your heart? No, it was a girl. Uh, Breda Belcher. Eh, we stayed in a place just like this. Wasn't as classy, but, you know, nice. Felcher? From Cranston? Yeah, you know her? <laughs> oh, yeah! I mean, I remember you talking about her. We had the most incredibly romantic time. I thought we were going to be together forever, and then about a week later, right out of the blue, she sends me a John Deere letter. she give you any reason? Yeah, I called her up. She gave me a bunch of crap about me not listening to her enough or something. I don't know. I wasn't really paying attention. But the fun, it is funny. It really is. But all of us have been that oblivious. You know, we don't even realize that people that are most important to us are trying to slow us down and say something to us. And we have to be very, very intentional about that and take action. You know, um, it's just really cool, man, to see what God is doing here at The Gathering. You know, we just came out of this relationship series and, you know, we're getting ready to go into a series on spiritual maturity. So let's just let God take a picture of where we're at right now and, and really ask ourselves, you know, who, who am I? What are my actions? What are my words? What are my thoughts? Are they pleasing to God? You know, what, what an awesome prayer that would be to have when you wake up in the morning. The prayer of David in Psalm 19, 13 and 14. Keep me from turning away, God. Intentionally turning away from you. Let me not do that today. Strengthen me today, God, so I don't do that. Let my words and what I think about glorify you. And ultimately, God, what I do, everything I do, Lord, May it be pleasing to you. Come on, church, let's pray now.
When we go and we have this relationship with God and we're connected with him, man, with our hearts and with our minds, and with our words and with the things that we do, what a place to be in, what a freedom that we have. I don't have to feel like we're looking over our shoulder. We're not perfect. We still make mistakes, like I said at the top of this message. We're gonna fail, but that's what God's grace is for. That's what it's for. You know, and if this willful sin or this deliberate sin is a part of your life, listen, I want you to know on a personal level, I've been there. You know, 12 years ago, I, I was living a double life, man. I had a real serious tragedy and I, I fell off the deep end and I was addicted to drugs and I was a liar. And, but you know what? God took all that away. And he changed my life and he healed my heart and I've seen him faithful again and again and again. And if you're in that place where you're just, you're separated from God right now, you're in the right place, man. And I wanna give you an opportunity to meet Jesus and to let him come into your life. So if that's you right now and you're saying, you know what, Pastor Matt, I, I want a relationship with Jesus Christ. I don't have the answers, I'm confused, but I know this is real. If that's you, I wanna see your hand because I wanna know who I'm praying with today. You want to give your life to God today. All right, well, pray something like this. Say, Jesus, I thank you for who you are, that you are the Savior of the world, that you died for me. I thank you. I ask you to forgive me for my sin and all the wrong that I've done in my life. I don't want to do it anymore. I want to live with you. I want you to be with me. I give my heart to you, Lord. Come and live in mine. In Jesus' name, amen. All right, glory to God. Glory to God. Come on, praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Well, let's pray for our pastor as he's making his way back. It's going to be awesome. Let's get amped up for this series. It's going to kick off next week. We're going to have some pastoral partners here available for prayer. You know, it could be, you know what? What he was saying, I need to get in that vein right now. I need to get in that mode, man. I want my actions, my thoughts, my words to be pleasing to God. We're here for you to pray with you. And just go from this place, man, and let's go make a difference, man. Isn't that what it's about? Going out into the world, man, and being that light, being that hope to people that don't have it. So glory to God. Go from this place with him, and we'll catch you here next week. Bye.